welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello there. I hope you're doing really, really well. I have something a little bit different for you today. We're going to be chatting all about nutrition and health for business owners. This is an interview I did recently with Beck Buchanan on her podcast, Straight Up Small Business, produced by Bambi Media. It was a really, really great interview, and we covered some really key foundational pieces that I don't always get to discuss on here. So I think it's going to be a really, really helpful one for a lot of you. Now, while the episode is based on nutrition and health for business owners, if you are a busy human living a busy life, which I'm guessing you are, this podcast is going to be super helpful for you too. So let's get into it. On the podcast today, I interview Fran Dargaville, who is a functional nutritionist with a master's degree in human nutrition. Fran's zone of genius is gut health, and I was super keen to learn and refresh my knowledge on this topic because after three years in business, I truly have let my own health fall to the wayside somewhat in favor of working late, eating whatever food I can find in the fridge, and sleeping too little. I'm sure some of my listeners are in this same boat, and we're all going to benefit from hearing Fran's wealth of knowledge. This episode is a longish one because we cover so much ground. I had so many questions for Fran that I couldn't help but ask. But if you want to get more specific functional nutrition and health topic advice, then I encourage you to head over to Fran's own podcast called High Vibe and Healthy. Fran's bite-sized podcast episodes will empower you with knowledge to overcome frustrating digestive symptoms, to get more energy, and to help you live a life that you'll love. I know I'll be tuning in every week now. So let's get into the interview. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Straight Up Small Business today. I'm so pleased to have you here as I'm hoping to learn some things and maybe remind myself how to take care of myself again after three years in business. And honestly, I've let my health slide a bit in favor of working too much. So yeah, thank you, Fran. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Beck, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here and chatting with you all about health, gut health, and a little bit about business as well, I'm assuming. So I am a functional nutritionist, which basically means that I help people get to the root cause of the symptoms that they're experiencing. And in my case in particular, I have a big focus on gut health, which is so foundational and you know fundamental to our health on a whole and there are so many people experiencing gut issues and that includes plenty of entrepreneurs as well so I have a business mainly working with people on a one-on-one basis and I do also have an online course as well so yeah Amazing. Well, launching right in, can you tell us the sorts of issues that you're seeing in your clients day to day? Is there sort of a summary you could make about the main things that people are experiencing? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of people think that I'm just dealing with digestive symptoms and that definitely is a big part of what I do. Things like bloating and food sensitivities and even things like constipation and diarrhea, all of these things are things that I see all the time. But then there's so much else that comes along with that. Non-specific symptoms like having fatigue and low energy and difficulty sleeping. Also things like brain fog and difficulty concentrating, which obviously is a massive frustration for anyone running a business because you've got a lot on your plate and you want to be able to focus and have that mental clarity. And then things like hormonal imbalances, whether that is endometriosis, PCOS, and even things like irregular cycles, painful periods. So it really is all connected and it's very diverse, but all of that starts with the gut, whether it's thyroid issues or hormonal imbalances or fatigue and low energy. I always start with the gut because that is really foundational to our health on a whole. Oh my gosh. So many of the things you just mentioned, I actually have suffered, well, I guess I'm still suffering from over the years. I've got PCOS, I've got Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I have vitiligo. When I've got white patches on, on certain parts of my skin, I was born with that. And it's funny because I don't feel like I'm suffering. I, I live a really healthy life, but my body would say otherwise. When I go and get blood tests, the doctors are always like, whoa, you've got a lot going on here. I'm like, I feel great. I just ran a half marathon. So on that note, how does one know that their gut health isn't optimal? I personally found out when I was trying to give blood and I was at the Red Cross and they said, oh, actually we can't accept your blood. Your iron is so terribly low. I think you should go and get some tests. And I did. And that's when I found out I had a thyroid disease, et cetera. For someone who isn't giving blood and doesn't have that opportunity, how would one know to pick up that things aren't right with their body? Yeah, absolutely. So the digestive symptoms that I mentioned Obviously, they are signs that something is out of balance with your gut. But then also a lot of those nonspecific symptoms that I mentioned that seem very unrelated, things like the fatigue, the brain fog, the difficulty sleeping, hormonal imbalances, thyroid issues like low thyroid function, uh, and autoimmune conditions as well. So really anything that is impacting your quality of life and how you feel on a daily basis. I think we're so used to seeing the symptoms that we experience in isolation. So for example, we have a skin issue, like whether it be acne, eczema, something like that. And we go to the pharmacy and get a cream to deal with that. For example, we think of that in isolation when in reality, there is a reason why you're experiencing that. In many cases, it's related to the gut. In some cases, it's related to something else that's out of balance in your system. But when we start to look at these symptoms that we're experiencing as messages from our, our body that something is out of balance and something isn't quite right, then we can start to look at them in a new light, start to make sense of them, and then also start to figure out why they're actually going on so that we can do something about them. Because what I find is that a lot of people suppress these symptoms, go and take the cream, use a topical treatment, and then over time, a new symptom pops up and a new symptom pops up. And all of a sudden, you wind up with 
four different diagnoses and all of this stuff going on and you're not feeling so good when if you just paid attention to that symptom, to the messages from your body, you can figure out what's going on and address that so you don't go down that path. Yeah, that's such good advice. And look, I don't want this to be a podcast about Beck Buchanan's health issues, but um, I, I know I have a lot of younger entrepreneur listeners in their 20s and, and 30s. I'm in my 40s. And I definitely put a Band-Aid over things. When I was a teenager, I had bad skin. So the doctor puts you on the pill and then you stay on the pill as a lot of us did at that time, you know, for 10 more or more years. And then you decide you want to have a baby and then <laughs> you come off it and realize you've got this complex set of problems that make that pretty hard. Um, but I'd put a bandaid on uh, over it for so many years that I didn't, I'd quietened, I guess, the symptoms of the PCOS with the pill. And so I wasn't aware of it. And then I was like, oh, what? I can't, eat, can't just have a baby. What do you mean? And it took four years actually of improving my health, including gut health with acupuncture and, and, and herbs and quietening down and meditation and, and all the rest of it to try and prepare, prepare one's body. So if you are young, my advice is to, yeah, to look into the, the underlying problem and not just put a bandaid over it as was the case in the nineties for sure. So what we did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can see it as a bit of an opportunity as well. I had my own health challenges as did so many people in the health world. Looking back now that I went through that, I have a really good understanding of my body, what foods work for me. I prioritize sleep most of the time and take pretty good care of myself. And if I hadn't been through all of that, I probably wouldn't do that. So while it seemed like a massive challenge and I'm sure it was for you, you can come out the other side knowing how to take much better care of yourself and really setting yourself up for a life of just feeling better, taking better care of yourself, you know, for a, a long and healthy life versus a lot of people don't discover these things either, as you said, until perhaps they, you know, are, are thinking about fertility or maybe even much later on in life. Yeah. So it's, it's not easy and it can definitely be a challenge, but there, you know, there are definitely some positives to it as well. I imagine, well, in my busy life um, anyway, I, I may have some of the symptoms that you've mentioned in terms of, I don't know, digestive problems or brain fog or whatever, but we're so busy that you kind of just go, oh, well, that's just because I didn't get enough sleep last night or, you know, I had Maggi noodles <laughs> for lunch, so it's probably not that <laughs> nourishing or whatever. And I just think, oh, that's just um, a product of my day today. How do we know? Or do we just have to take ownership for ourselves that the, there is an underlying problem and it's not just the six hours sleep you got or the magic noodles, that it truly is a gut health problem? Is there any indicators that we can look out for? Yeah, well, it's all connected, right? So I think in a lot of cases with many of my clients, they've already started to, you know, maybe improve what they're eating, doing a few different things, maybe trying a couple of the supplements out there that are marketed to them on Instagram and then things aren't really shifting. And then that's when they come to me in most cases. So a lot of the time it's, it's that sort of thing. And then, you know, the other side of things, it's just, you know, when what you're doing is, is actually affecting your quality of life or, or these symptoms are affecting your quality of life. And also 
we don't need to be perfect. You know, eating the magic noodles from time to time, having the odd six hours sleep or whatever, that's that's fine. And something I do always encourage anyone who's working with me is that things are not going to look perfect. You know, we often think that we have to do everything perfectly. Remember to take every single supplement, have the most amazing sleep. And that's just not the reality of life, especially as a business owner. It's really doing the best you can as often as you can. But if you are doing that and you're doing the best you can and you're still experiencing these symptoms on a regular basis that are impacting how you feel on a daily basis, then that's definitely a sign that you want to start to dig deeper and look at what is going on for you. So is food the main thing impacting gut health or sleep or is it things you're born with? What? How do we end up in these scenarios of having bad gut health? Yeah, so obviously there is some genetic component to things, especially things like autoimmune conditions, but we have so much influence over our health by what we eat, our lifestyle factors in, you know, in terms of sleep, movement, stress levels, and, and all of that. So everything is connected. And that's why, you know, when it comes to health and nutrition, there are very rarely simple answers because you need to look at what you're eating, incorporate whole foods, try and minimize highly processed foods, you know, vegetable oils, additives, refined sugar in excess. You know, like I said, it's, it's all about balance. You don't have to be perfect. There's that side of things. And it's also important to prioritize your sleep and rest. It's also important to, you know, get in regular movement. All of this is is connected. You don't have to do everything at once, but you do want to, over time, think about all of these areas and how they could be contributing to your health. But I definitely, definitely want to encourage you, you know, always just start with one area and just starting to make, you know, really small gradual shifts that you can actually stick to because if you try and do it all at once, it's just not going to be sustainable. But Yes, genetics matter. All of these, you know, lifestyle factors matter. And, you know, I I really just call these sort of the pillars or, or foundations of health that you could have the perfect diet, but if you are working 20 hour days, that diet's just not going to be having that impact that it could be as if you were, you know, much more rested and getting enough sleep. So we really need to think of all of these different factors as well. In terms of oh, sleep's a major one for me and I'm sure other entrepreneurs, I'm like a teenager at night staying up working <laughs> to all hours knowing that I'm going to feel bad the next day. But yeah, I'm a work in progress with getting more sleep. But do you see many entrepreneurs in your practice and do we present differently at all to other clients in um, less entrepreneurial jobs? Or Yeah, I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs actually in my practice and they tend to be very type A personality, working very hard. Their values are very focused around their business and I, I definitely relate to all of that. You know, business tends to be very high up on their priorities list, which means that things like the sleep, the exercise, 
the, you know, healthy diet can fall by the wayside. So as for the the consequences of that, there are a lot of the things that we spoke about, you know, things can gradually start with, oh, maybe the digestion isn't working as well as it used to be. Oh, maybe you're not getting so much sleep and that's having other impacts on their bodies. And that can just progress and progress over time if we don't pay attention and actually start to shift things. So, you know, in my case, for example, I wound up with chronic fatigue and all sorts of digestive challenges when I was I was working in a nine to five around 10 years ago now, mainly because of stress. I was eating pretty well. I was working way too much. I was waking up at 5am every morning to go to the gym and training really hard. And I was calorie counting and all of that just had a massive impact on my health over time. And I just fell in a heap and had to quit. And that's when I ended up going down this, this path of my own. But I think this is a very common scenario, you know, overworking, stressed, and the consequences of that over time that just unfold more and more. And if you can intervene before it comes to a place where you have those big consequences on your health, then that is amazing. Mm, Good advice. So could you give us some prescriptive things we can do then starting today or, or soon in terms of how much sleep should we be getting? Should we take supplements? I mean, this might be common sense, but I'd love a reminder because I've slipped off the, the wagon when it comes to healthy eating. What sort of foods should we be trying to cover every day? And is it okay to drink coffee every day? Can you tell me that? <laughs> Well, first up, I drink coffee every day and I love it. So I always try my hardest to not take coffee away from my clients because I know how much joy it can bring you. So, yeah, I think there are some, you know, key things that are really, really helpful to consider. So sleep is obviously super important. So I think especially as entrepreneurs, just having some really good boundaries and also finding what works for you. I find some people really genuinely are night owls. And if they, you know, if they go with that, but then they happen to be also able to sleep in and still get enough sleep, then that can work for them. So just being honest with yourself, if that's you, or if, you know, I'm a 9.30 PM bedtime whenever I can, and that's what works best for me. So I do my very best to you know, be in bed at a reasonable time. So for sleep, ideally seven to nine hours, but I do find for women in particular, especially when you've got a lot of stress going on, it may be more like eight to nine hours and and being honest with yourself about how much you actually need. Some of my top sleep tips are firstly getting sun exposure in the morning, ideally around 7am. So getting outside, it doesn't need to be bright sunlight, even if it's overcast, that works as well. So a way to sort of, you know, get that and get additional benefits is just get out and go for a walk every morning, even if it's 10 minutes, you know, get that sun exposure. And that actually triggers melatonin production in the evening, which is your sleepy hormone that helps us wind down and get ready for bed. So that sun exposure in the morning, going for a little walk, And then in the evenings, when it gets dark outside, start to dim the lights in your home. And if you're still working, if you're still on screens, you can use things like the, um, I believe it's the night shift setting on iPhones and there's equivalents for, you know, other phones and computers as well, just to cut out that blue light 
And you can also get blue light blocking glasses as well. I wear these absolutely ridiculous ones in the evenings if I'm on my screen from Blue Blocks. They have full-on orange lenses and they look ridiculous, but they completely cut out the blue light, which makes it so much easier to fall asleep because you're not blocking that melatonin production, that sleepy hormone. That's so interesting, Fran. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I always thought that might be just a bit of a gimmick that influencers like on Instagram are like, look at my glasses for people that don't have glasses. But you you really believe in those blue blocking glasses. Yes. However, the blue blocking glasses that look really nice really cut out very minimal blue light. So these are actually the sleep glasses. They have full-on orange lenses. They look absolutely ridiculous. And they take a little bit of getting used to. So um, the ones I like, they're from Blue Blocks and it's the sleep glasses. So they have regular blue blocking glasses, which are fine for use in the day. But the ones with the full on orange lenses, it is absolutely crazy. If you look at, you know, a light in your home that is blue, it just completely blocks it out. So they do take a bit of getting used to, but they are definitely not a gimmick because that, that blue light and even just bright lights in your home really blocks that melatonin production. So this is, it's a really good way if you just, you know, ideally you would just switch off your computer (laughs) at five or 6 PM, but I realized that that doesn't happen for everyone. So, uh, and it, it definitely doesn't always happen for me. So having these tools that are, you know, little hacks can really help with getting that sleep, even when you can't switch off your computer at, you know, five o'clock or six o'clock. Definitely the dorky red or orange lenses. And you can also get even dorkier ones just off Amazon that also really cut out the blue light for 20 or $30 or something like that. So that's the sleep side of things. One of the key things that I tell people as well, which also helps with sleep is to have enough protein. Most people I find don't get anywhere near enough protein. And your protein intake, getting enough protein balances your blood sugar levels, which helps you avoid that afternoon slump that I know a lot of us experience. And it also helps massively improve your sleep quality as well. So I find some people can maybe fall asleep fine and then they're waking up during the night or their sleep quality just isn't great, or they have low energy, feel like they're running on empty, maybe feeling anxious. Uh, and have that afternoon just energy crash where you're reaching for the coffees to to drag you through. This protein intake can really help with that. So we want to aim for really roughly around 25 grams of protein with breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so three times a day. If you have a bit more than that, that's great. Wouldn't recommend having less than that. I do find that most people have basically no protein with breakfast whatsoever, and that's really not setting you up for you know, an energized and productive day. So, you know, either having something like eggs for breakfast or having a really good quality protein powder or good quality collagen powder as that protein source for breakfast is a good option. And then also just making sure you have some form of protein with lunch and dinner as well. And you're not having these carbohydrate only meals like you know, just having a bowl of pasta, for example, or the the Maggi noodles, because that is just not going to sustain you. And there's little things that you can do to, you know, make these meals better. Sunday night, I had some leftover pizza, you know, from the night before, and I 
made myself a little salad and a risol to go with that. So I was getting some protein, getting some veggies and fiber. And then I had my, you know, two slices of leftover pizza. So it doesn't always have to look perfect, but you can do these little things to just improve, you know, what, what you're eating and, and support your blood sugar and, and your gut as well. And just for reference, that 25 grams of protein is generally around 100, maybe 110 grams of, you know, meat, chicken, fish, you know, whatever, whatever that is. Is tofu um, okay? Yes. Tempeh is the best plant-based option. Definitely scrap any of the fake plant-based meats that you find at the supermarket, but tempeh and um, ideally organic tofu, if you can get that, are um, are really good options. And then also things like uh, lentils and chickpeas. Although if you have gut troubles and, and bloating and things like that, then those things don't tend to sit well. So I, I do suggest they're great for your gut, but if you have those symptoms, you might want to steer clear for a little while. The coffee front, <laughs> I will mention that because I'm sure everyone is wondering. Uh, as I said, I drink coffee every day and I love it. Things to consider are having breakfast first. So have that breakfast with that 25 grams of protein and then have your coffee either with your breakfast or after. A lot of people have coffee and then don't eat for hours and that's a huge source of stress on your system. And then the other thing to consider is just how much are you having? You know, having one or two cups of coffee a day is generally going to be fine for most people. Some people do okay with three. And then when we get any higher than that, that's when I generally start to see, you know, impacts for people. People then aren't drinking enough water and they're having a lot of diuretics and ends up being dehydrated. And that can lead to, you know, gut issues. It's a huge source of stress on your system and your adrenals and can fuel, you know, sleep difficulties, you know, anxiety and all of that as well. So hope that answers that question. It does. And lucky I'm a two a day. Um, so I think <laughs> that's a tick, but I do have alternate milk in my coffee. What's your take on on alternate milk sources like almond milk, soy and oat milk, macadamia milk? What do you think on those? Yeah, there are really good ones and there are really crappy ones. <laughs> so it's challenging if you like to go and get your coffee out at a cafe, which I do every single morning because then often we're quite limited. So if you are making coffees at home, there are some really great options uh, assuming most of your listeners are in Australia, there are things like Coco Quench and Nutty Bruce, which have really great options and they are just available at the supermarkets in Australia. So they're really great. And then when you go out to a cafe, that's when things can become a little bit, bit more challenging because there are some brands that are not so good. So I'd just suggest if you have a cafe that you go to all the time, it's good to just wrap your head around what's in these different milks because a lot of them have things like vegetable oils, sweeteners, emulsifiers, thickeners, and these things are not really things that we want to be consuming every single day. So everyone's different. What works for everyone is going to be a little bit different, but bon soy, generally speaking, tends to be a pretty good option. Soy isn't right or the, the best thing for everyone. But um, in terms of ingredients, that is something that's widely available and is a pretty good option. And then sometimes you'll find things like the, you know, Cocoa Quench and the Nutty Bruce at, at cafes, but other times not so much. So just do the best you can. And it's all about the context as well. You know, 
look at what you're eating, all these other things in your life. You know, it's just one small aspect of your life. The other thing I will say on that is you can also just reduce how much you're having. So I have a coffee pretty much every day out at a cafe, but I'll get, say, a three-quarter full coffee, which makes you sound like a little, you know, bit high maintenance because it's like <laughs> soy, three-quarter full, flat white, please. And then if I throw in decaf as well, it's it's just, it's a lot. But then you're just having a little bit less of whatever milk it is as well. So that can be a good option too. Okay. What about supplements or something, adding something in to top up our health? Would you recommend that? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely focus on the dietary side of things first, because you can't out supplement a poor diet. And again, you don't need to get it perfect. So focusing on the protein intake is, is one thing. And then specifically when it comes to gut health, which as we know is foundational to our health on a whole is having really just a variety of fruits and vegetables And there are many types of fruit and vegetables that are prebiotics, which actually feed the beneficial bacteria in our gut and help it multiply, basically. So those prebiotic foods are, you know, just as good as as taking a probiotic supplement. So I would really encourage you to look at food first. So there's the prebiotic foods, which you're naturally going to be having if you're eating plenty of fruit and vegetables, stewed apple, onion, garlic, leek. There are many, many other fruits and veggies as well, things like root vegetables. Really, if you're eating a wide variety of of fruits and veggies, you're going to be ticking that box of prebiotics that's going to be feeding your beneficial bacteria. There are also probiotic foods as well. So I think a lot of people rush out to grab a probiotic supplement and they can be incredible. And I do use probiotic supplements with most of my clients. But there are probiotic foods as well, which do an incredible job at supporting our beneficial gut bacteria. Things like sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha that is is properly made and good quality yogurts as well that contain those probiotics that are beneficial for your gut bacteria. In terms of supplements, a lot of the things that are marketed to us on Instagram are not really going to be a great option, unfortunately. I do recommend if you are going to take supplements that you only really bother with a high quality practitioner grade supplement, which often you can find at a health food store or, you know, sometimes you can get these things online, but they're generally not going to be the things that are popping up in those Instagram ads. They're they're generally going to be poorer quality, have cheap fillers and not be the best form of the, you know, vitamins or or nutrients or whatever it is that is in that supplement. So things like a probiotic supplement, you know, can be really great to add in, but I, I like to take a really targeted approach to supplements. I don't really think people need to take a bunch of things forever Um, unless you have some specific, you know, autoimmune condition or something like that going on. But a couple of really good foundational things to take is an omega-3 or cod liver oil supplement, because I find most people are not having enough fatty fish, things like salmon, sardines and mackerel. And we know that those omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. They're really important for our cognitive function, mental clarity, all of that, you know, brain health on a whole and really have so, so many important benefits. So if you eat fatty fish like those I just mentioned two times a week, then you don't need to worry about this. But if not, then you're probably going to want to consider having 
a good quality fish oil or cod liver oil. And please don't go and get those from the supermarket because they are going to be poor quality and, and rancid and not going to be you know, necessarily something that's beneficial. Is there a health. vegetarian option? Obviously you can't yeah. properly supplement so there, for fish, but something else? Yeah, absolutely. So there are algae supplements that provide omega-3. So that's a really, really great option if you're vegetarian or vegan. And another really great one is liver capsules. So again, I find that there are a lot of people, particularly women who are iron deficient, deficient in vitamins like like B12, for example, and not getting enough minerals and, and nutrients from their food. So a liver supplement, it's basically a dried, desiccated liver. So obviously this is not going to be particularly appealing to any you know vegans or vegetarians, but it's extremely nutrient dense. All the vitamins in there are in a very bioavailable form, which means that they're very you know, easy, easily utilized by uh, the body, basically, you know, the body understands what they are and how to use them. So that's a really good sort of superfood supplement to add in. And then what I do find is I actually have quite a few vegan and vegetarian clients and friends as well, who take liver capsules because it means that their way of eating is actually sustainable because they're getting those key nutrients that they're not actually able to get from their diet so they can continue eating that way for, you know, ongoing. Whereas otherwise they're going to be missing these key nutrients. They're going to end up requiring poor quality, generally, you know, iron supplementation, infusions and suffer health consequences. So that's actually a really good thing to consider adding in. So they're really a couple of the main things supplement wise. And then outside of that, it just really depends on what's going on for you and whether you have low stomach acid, for example, do you need targeted stomach acid supplementation? Do you have low levels of beneficial bacteria? Do you need a targeted probiotic or prebiotic supplement? You know, outside of that, I think things do need to be really targeted and personalized, but the omega-3 and the liver capsules are just a really good foundational support. So in terms of the targeted needs, do you find this out through a blood test or a range of tests? How, do, how does one, I guess, what do you do to find that out for, the, for your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So the two main things that I use is blood testing. And I will generally recommend that clients go and get blood work done through their GP. But I look at that in from a functional standpoint. So it is different to um, you know, the, the lab ranges that a GP will, will use. The other tests that I use a lot, because obviously, you know, my work is, is really targeted around gut health, is the GI map test, which is a gut microbiome test. So that looks at your levels of beneficial bacteria, whether you have enough beneficial bacteria, whether you have overgrowth of bacteria, whether you have any pathogens like a parasitic infection, for example, candida or other types of fungal overgrowth, um, you know, and a lot of these other sort of root cause factors that can be going on in the gut that are driving your symptoms. So that really allows us to actually identify exactly what's going on and personalize your approach because the supplements that you need for each of those different things and also the, the dietary approach to those different things is going to be different. So I, I do think, you know, when things are a little more 
niggly and they've been going on for a while, having this personalization really helps. So the blood work is helpful and the GI map gut testing, and that basically helps just really fine tune the supplementation so that we know you're taking the right things and not just throwing your money away on, on supplements that you may not even need. Yes. I'm very curious to know what's going on with me as I think pre-kids, I was really focused on this stuff because um, I was trying to conceive. And then when you have the children and you're breastfeeding, if that's what you choose, you're very mindful of health and because you're passing it on to your child. And then I started a business and I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> my job's done. It doesn't, my body doesn't matter anymore. Sort of like, I've, yeah, now I just focus on the business and, and raising the children, but not really worried about what's going on inside. And yeah, I've, you've definitely flagged a few things for me to think about today. What about alcohol? Is that a no-no altogether? Or again, can that be enjoyed in moderation? What's your take as a functional nutritionist? Yeah, absolutely. So my lens of everything is the most important thing for me is yes, health, yes, my business and helping people, but also really enjoying life. One of my top values is freedom and having fun and doing things I love. Those things are really important for me, which means that I will drink alcohol like on the weekends, I'll have a glass of wine or a cocktail with friends. We know that there are many impacts of alcohol on our health. So it's always, you know, weighing up. You might go through seasons where you do need to take a break from alcohol to support your health because there's nothing good about alcohol. I think there's a lot of articles out there that say, you know, all these benefits of drinking wine, for example, and the benefits from a health standpoint do not outweigh the, you know, adverse effects. However, enjoyment, social interaction, having a good time, those things are also really important as well. So that's got to be factored into the equation. We need to live our lives. And for some people, it really resonates with them to not need alcohol at all. But I personally have maybe one drink a week. And then that's not much, I know, but I, that's where I'm at right now in my life. And and I really enjoy it. I found myself pouring a drink on Sunday and suddenly I wanted to put music on and I really relaxed. And I was really aware of the ceremony of it, I guess, and and how I was enjoying myself. And I think that, you know, lifted me up and helped me relax while I was cooking dinner. And I don't personally see it as, as so bad, but I know there's a lot of sober curiosity at the moment that I've heard about through the traps. And I was just keen to know your take on it. So yeah. do what's right for you and in moderation, if you are going to use alcohol, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I will just touch very briefly. So, you know, drinking excessively, absolutely impacts our gut bacteria. Alcohol is a toxin that needs to be processed by the liver. So our liver is really important for balancing out our hormones and getting rid of toxins and so many other really important things. So when we drink alcohol, we are taking away from that because the liver is, is focused on processing the alcohol. Another huge one with alcohol is that it hugely impacts our sleep quality. So I often find that if I even have one glass of red wine, I usually track my sleep with my Apple watch. I can see a huge difference in my sleep quality from just that one glass alone. So all of these things are things to consider. However, you know, it's all about weighing up those things. And as you said, you know, it's, it's really enjoyable if you find it enjoyable to, you know, have a glass of wine, cook dinner, go out for a meal, so just factor that in and having more alcohol-free days is going to be beneficial and maybe you need to take a little break for some time. But 
you know, it's it's got its benefits in terms of the the social sort of aspect. So something to factor in there. Cool. Thanks, Fran. Fran, I could talk to you all day about gut health and um, improving our health. I find this so interesting, but I probably do need to wrap up so people don't zone out on us. But tell me a little bit, a bit about your own business and how you found starting Fran Dugaville, the functional nutritionist business. Yeah, so I have been in business for around seven years now. So it's been a while. And yeah, I absolutely love all things business. One of my favorite things to chat about with my fellow entrepreneurial friends is business. It's, yeah, it really becomes an obsession, as I'm sure many people listening can relate to. So, yeah, I love it. I mean, it's been. It's had huge challenges. And when I first started as well, I was, you know, in a a tricky place. I I think I was, had just been coming out of the chronic fatigue. And also I was, I was younger then as well. I think, you know, I'm 33 now at the time. Most of my friends were in jobs. I didn't know any, I didn't have a lot of entrepreneurial friends. So it was a really big challenge starting out initially. I've had a lot of time to work on that over time and, and now I love it. And I've found my groove and I've also come to a place now where I have a lot more freedom and flexibility and yes I I work a lot but I also you know on a sunny day will take time to go out to the beach and and enjoy it and I've given myself a lot more flexibility around what works for me when I see clients and trying to work with my energy and and when I work best instead of just working all the time and running myself into the ground. Mm, seven years is massive. Congratulations. That's that's a really long time. Is there a big lesson that you could share how to run a business well that you could share with our listeners today? Yeah. So I think for me, the biggest lesson has been doing what feels right for me. I think over the years, I've spent a lot of time looking at what other people were doing, and that can be really, really great for inspiration. But for example, I've got friends who will see, you know, other other nutritionists 40 clients a week. And I never want to do that. I don't want to be sitting at my desk doing call after call back to back. I like to, you know, do things in a way that's feels, you know, as I mentioned, freedom is is one of my top values in a way that feels a lot more free for me, in a way where I can, you know, prioritize my health. And that means doing most of my calls in the mornings and only having really a maximum of around four calls a day. So really I would encourage anyone to just focus on what actually feels good for you and what you would actually really like your business to look like. And you may have to make some sacrifices initially that may be working late, working on the weekends, but make sure you're working towards what you actually want your business to look like instead of just doing what everyone else is doing or feeling like you just constantly have to sacrifice your boundaries. Because if you want your business to look a certain way, at some point you have to put these boundaries in place so that you can actually start creating the business that you really want for yourself. So you can really just enjoy it and experience that freedom and really that satisfaction of having created something that is actually what you want instead of just working yourself into another, you know, nine to five or or 24 seven as it tends to be for many of us. That's such good advice. And I'm three years into business and I think I was in that hamster wheel growth phase and and really enjoying it. But 
Um, it wasn't a business by design. I kept saying that that's what I was doing, but I wasn't really. And it's now <laughs> that I'm trying to put in those boundaries and and achieve sustainability in the long term because, yeah, that what's the point of this business if I can't take two weeks off ever because I'm too busy delivering things for clients, which is how I was feeling three years in. So if you can start thinking about boundaries and, and what you want out of this overarching that isn't just more revenue, then um, the earlier you can decide on that and implement the better. But yeah, good on you. Okay, friend, where can we find you if we want to get more help with our health and gut health? Yeah, absolutely. So the best places to find me are on my podcast. So I have a podcast called High Vibe and Healthy, which is really bite-sized episodes on all things health, wellness, gut health, hormone balancing, energy, and all of that. And the other place is on Instagram as well. So my Instagram handle is just my name, Fran Dargaville. And I show up there pretty much every day just sharing tips around gut health and and health. So if anyone has any questions there as well, uh, after listening to this episode, feel free to reach out to me there and I'd love to chat with you. Amazing. And you've got a course too, you mentioned, Fran. Who would be your key person to complete the course? Yeah, absolutely. So all my my course, online course and my programs are high vibe and gut healthy. So the course itself is really a solid foundation to gut health. So it includes meal plans and recipes and a food guide. So you really have a good understanding of what you, you know, should be eating to support your gut health and then customizable supplement protocols and all sorts of good stuff in there. So anyone who is experiencing digestive symptoms like bloating or indigestion or really understands that they maybe have these other things going on like hormonal imbalances or autoimmunity and that the gut is foundational to that. So it sets you up for a really good foundation to health on a whole, whatever it is you're you're dealing with, but it, it does have that, you know, gut health focus. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Fran, for this conversation today. I have learned so many things and I'm sure my listeners have too. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.